TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Badlands podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled and is proudly part of the Chairshot Radio Network, E-Wrestling News, and now Smart to Death Radio. Yeah, we're all over your your airwaves. Uh, I am Mags, and as COVID is still rampant, uh, there's going to be no poll, uh, unfortunately. Uh, I don't get to abuse him this week, but instead I've drafted in someone else to, to abuse instead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got one of my very, very good podcast buddies, uh, Ricky. Uh, not even Ricky, wrong, wrong podcast buddy, cut that out. Uh, I've got one of my podcast buddies, Clive, from the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. How are you, Clav? <laughs> I'm fine, Paul. Thanks very much for having me on. <laughs> well, I, I was saying you were out of practice. It sounds like I'm out of practice. I know. I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, the I'm not sure when this will be released, but we're right in the middle of quarantine panic at the moment, so it's a bit crazy personally. But I'm looking forward to some chat about wrestling. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. I think we've we've all this our uh, quarantining and then people being like working from home and being uh, unable to work. I've got so many podcasts. In. I think I'm about five episodes up on like release schedule. So mm. yeah, I'm not doing too bad. Um, but you, since you've been on the show before, uh, we can't take your your Mount Rushmore of the greatest wrestlers uh, and add them to our list. Uh, but I uh, I offered another another choice up to you, and it was the the Mount Rushmore. Of, uh, People who are impressing you in NXT UK. That's a kind of your wrestling wheelhouse, uh, mm-hmm. NXT UK. So, who's four guys or gals who are who are shining over there in uh, in NXT UK, and, and a little bit of reason why each one makes the list. It might sound biased, the list once all is said and done, <laughs> um, but I promise. Mark Coffey, Joe <laughs> yeah. Coffey, Noam Dar. <laughs> Basically, anyone who's Scottish. Um, but first, like, when you told me it was going to be NXT UK, it didn't take much time at all to think about what I will pick. So the first person I want to say to give immediate recognition to is this person. Before this person became a sort of prominent feature in NXT UK, I think the NXT UK's women's division wasn't doing too well. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> although it was top heavy, it was really only Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm that were there. Everyone else was definitely mid to lower cards, and it was just Rhea Ripley did fantastically well, but it, it was just missing something. It was missing some real grit, and I think that came finally in the form of Kaylee Ray. I think since uh, she's come along, she's done wonders. She's given the the championship a bit more meaning and impetus. The the rivalries that she's had have seemed very personal, and it's good to see. And I know her from her ICW days as well. She's a very good worker if you're into the work rate side of things. Um, she loves a good bump as well, as you will have seen at the War Games match. And I just think Kaylee Ray and soon alongside Piper Niven, um, they'll help elevate that women's division a lot better than it currently be- has been so far anyway. Great first pick. Who's, uh, who's next? 
Uh, keeping with the Scottish theme, I think you know who the answer will be for this one. Uh, a Mr. Joseph Coffey. Uh, he is a, a very... Uh, <laughs> yep, need to do the stance for the camera. Very divisive figure among the, the IWC, and I, uh, I do understand that, but there's just something that I really like about his matches and that they come across as a fight. He's, he's wrestling to fight. He's not... His catchphrase is gritty, not pretty. He's not looking for star ratings. He's not looking for accolades in that sense. He's looking to fight in the way he wrestles. It's with an end game in sight, which is his all the best for the Bells sort of discus clothesline. Um, there is obviously the Scottish connection. There's the, the Glasgow Celtic connection. Um, he's just got an aura about him that I can't look past. So, And if there is a massive bias there. So Joe Coffey is my second pick. Um, third one, moving slightly across the water uh, to a certain Jordan Devlin. I think it would be remiss of me not to include him in this list. He's been a... I've really enjoyed his work since the first tournament that they had back in Blackpool in 2017. I thought he came across as a dangerous figure then, and I'm sure there was some sort of shoot injury involved in one of his matches, and it gave him this presence... And he always had this stigma of being, you're just a shit Finn Balor. And that gets chanted at him regularly. I do not think that, I think that's very unfair to him, to be honest with you. Uh, and he's shown recently as well, uh, in 205 Live and NXT, what he's capable of for those who haven't really witnessed him before. They're seeing someone really special. And he said, and I think it was his video with, and then lead up to the match with Tyler Bate, there's nobody in the wrestling business who's improved as much as I have in the last three years. And I, I struggle to disagree with him there. Yep, agreed. Uh, number four, am I allowed tag teams in this? Well, there's no real rules, is there? So uh, uh, <laughs> we've once had a, a guest who only could come up with three and couldn't be bothered with a fourth one. So. That's great, aye. <laughs> so as a unit, I will include the Grizzled Young Veterans in this. I, I was completely ignorant to their work outside of NXT UK till, until they came a, became a tag team on the show. Uh, they really came into fruition in the, the tag team tournament, the inaugural tournament, and I was thinking, watching as, the, as they progressed through the stages, this is a really good tag team. They reminded me a lot of the revival in the bar and how they operated. Um, and they've just been a part of a classic a classic, um, not singles, but 2v2 tag team match, a classic um, triple threat tag team match at the other takeover in Cardiff, and although not a massive figure in the ladder match at Blackpool 2, they were still part of it, so I see them as common denominators. You've got the promo work from Zach Gibson. I saw them at Brayhead when they did the Glasgow tapings, and you just can't help but admire. You don't. It's one of those ones you know you're not supposed to cheer the heels. And he does get his fair share of booze, but I was just in awe. When he called Glaswegian scumbags, I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> yep, great picks. Uh, if I were to add anyone to them, I think I'd, it'd be hard to, to miss off uh, Volta. I think he's, uh -huh. he was he was kind of the the first marquee signing of, of the NXT UK brand, and he's gone on to, to show his dominance. Um, 
And I think I'd add as well, I think I'd add Trent Seven. So uh, I, I, like he was a definitely high in my honourable mentions. And, and the reason why I say Trent uh, over like the rest of British Strong Style is because he's always been kind of like the weak link, if there is a weak link in British Strong Style. You've obviously got Tyler Bay, who's this young kid, everyone's as knows he's got the world. It's like you've got Pete Dunne, who's the star and has gone on to, to now be NXT uh, full tag team champions. And and, mm-hmm. and Trent's always been kind of like the, the guy left behind, but he's, he doesn't have bad matches. And he's, and, he's, and he's one of the best at selling uh, and, and making his opponents look like a million dollars. So I think I would, I would have had Trent Seven in there as well. Yeah. I would argue that out of the matches that Walter had ha, has had with the British Strong Style guys, Trent Seven's at the download tapings. Mm-hmm. That was that like, okay. The takeover one was really special with Pete Dunne. They were all really good, but the one with Trent Seven that was a personal revenge mission for Trent yeah. Seven, and it was really fought really urgently. Yeah, uh, it was excellent stuff, and he's had excellent matches with Noam Dar, Eddie Dennis. I think he's just great as a, a singles wrestler out with mm-hmm. a sort of faction mindset. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, but it, I think it just goes to show the, the amount of actual quality in that NXT UK, and it's kind of been slept on a lot by people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. So let's uh, let's get into this main topic. Uh, we're doing a, a, a Badlands draft. We're getting quite good at these uh, drafts recently. Um, and being uh, a fellow Brit and a a fellow European until uh, Brexit finally happens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought nothing better than let's do a draft of um, the the WWF European champions. Um, there's been 27 total uh, champions, and um, it, that kind of works out almost perfectly because you're going to get 10 uh, picks, I'm going to get 10 picks, and then once we've filled the initial 10, that's when we get you get to start using the veto power that uh, me oh. and Paul love to use. So you get to veto off picks and replace them. Um, so being the guest, go first. Who's going to get the first pick on the the, uh, the draft of WWF European Champions? Uh, I don't know whether to play tactically first and put people who are... Oh, think... It's the best part about this. It's, it's, I know. it's the political picking. But do I want to pick ones who will probably be vetoed or do I pick ones that you simply cannot veto? And if you do, it just proves that you're the the, shit, the chicken shit heel that you are, Mags. I'm going to do that anyway, probably. If you pick William Regal, I'll probably vote him off. <laughs> oh, you fucker. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with a safe one just now. And I will go with the mindset that you had for the recent... Intercontinental one where they that wrestler is more synonymous with a mid card title than the later career. So 
I'm going to go with Bradshaw. Ooh. Would you say that's a safe one? Oh, no, sorry. I was thinking I, I'll get I'll put some on the board just now that I think they'll... Oh, like a sacrificial lamb. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd... Of all the twenty-seven Bradshaw was, I've what I normally do is I normally um, I'll research enough that if you pick every single one on my list, I've got enough of me on. And Bradshaw was one of the seven that didn't make my list, so I dare say he's not sticking around. To be fair, yeah, that's fine. I'm uh, I'm going to play it sneaky as well. I'm going to put up another sacrificial lamb, and I'm going to put up Midian. <laughs> no. Was he was he naked at the time of this? He, this was before his uh his naked uh, fascination. And the funny story about Midian's uh becoming the champion was uh he didn't actually win the title. He found the title in Shane McMahon's uh, bag <laughs> after Shane McMahon had uh, had retired the belt unbeaten as a champion. Um, and he ended up all holding that title for 34 days. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to stick on Midian. Right. Um, That's a horrific pick. I know. Um, I may, it may be gone soon, but we'll get to that. <laughs> right, I'm going to jazz it up a bit. And from listening to the show previously, I know you're a fan of this man. I'm going to put on, I believe, the inaugural champion, British Bulldog. Mm-hmm. Uh, most reigns, I believe, at 200, uh, combined reigns at 249 days or... 253, I think. 250, right, okay. Yeah. Uh, there's a disparity between those two, but yeah, we'll go yeah. with 253. So yeah. there's a, a stalwart there. Yeah, uh, if anyone's going to stay on this list, it's, it, it could well be him. Uh... Hmm. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna follow your lead. I'm gonna pick someone who I, I think probably will end up staying on. Uh, I'm gonna pick Al Snow. He <laughs> um, didn't have a particularly long reign. I think it was only about forty odd days. Um, but the the he made the European title special when he used to come out every week dressed mm-hmm. as someone else uh, from Europe. I think he had a, a bit where he was wearing lederhosen and carrying a picture of David Hasselhoff when he was a German. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wore a beret uh, and had a poodle when he was French. And he, the English one was absolutely brilliant when he had a bowler hat uh, and a suit. And then he had head, obviously, his kind of a sidekick. And he drew a monocle on head. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the legend Al Snow. See, those those memories are so ingrained that it feels as if he was the champion for longer. Yeah, 48 days. Mental. Yep. And when he was saying, when uh, how the Titantron said, what does everybody want? Heads. That was said in the language of the country yeah, he was representing. it was. That's the commitment to character I like to see. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, uh, back to you for pick number five. Hmm. Now, it gets hard really quickly, actually. <laughs> it does. I'm going to go for one who is uh, quite a popular topic just now in the world of AEW, and I'll go for Matthew Hardy, a.k.a. Mm. Damascus, who had an impressive one reign, but it was 125 days, so I'll, I'll pick Matt Hardy. Yeah, go pick. Uh, it kind of... 
he was a fighting champion as well. You could tell that it, it, it meant something to him. And he, uh, he beat some actual big names uh, whilst as, as a champion. I think he beat Edge. Uh, he beat Christian. Uh, I think he beat X-Pac as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, a, a great, great pick. Hmm. Do, do, do. do I go daft again? <laughs> oh. Do you know what? I'm actually... I'm going to go... I'm going to go for someone who's actually only the champion for one day. I'm going to go for Chris Jericho. Oh. Um, the reason why is because, obviously, he's now gone on to be a massive star. Uh, and that match that he uh, he won the title, the, the triple threat at WrestleMania 2000 uh, with Kurt Angle and uh, Name Redactor, obviously, yeah. um, where he... He won the European title and Name Redactor won the RC title, both off Kurt Angle without Kurt Angle actually losing a match. Yep, um, so right. yeah, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Le Champion Chris Jericho. I was thinking about him and I, re- I remember that match well, the triple threat. Um, and speaking of people who were only champion for one day, kind of, I'm going to go for the person who. Destroyed the European title once and for all, for it never to be seen again. Uh, Rob Van Dam, I believe it was against Jeffrey Hardy. In a ladder match, a probably ladder the match. best. In probably the best ever European match. Probably. Ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of um, a, a lot of like controversy, controversy whether he actually counts because it literally was a unification, but. There's no rules at Badlands, so it definitely counts here. Okay. Oh, I think next I'm going to go with... um, I'm going to go with the person who dropped their title to your first pick. I'm going to go with Hurricane. Um, He beat Matt Hardy after that uh, 125-day run, uh, and he actually beat Kane and the Big Show whilst he was champion uh, before he he lost it in very quick fashion to... uh, to Bradshaw, but yeah, I think I'm going to go with uh, the Hurricane. Okay, doke. <clears throat> My next pick will be someone who I would wager is safe, but if they were to leave, if they were to be taken off, I wouldn't be bothered because I'm not a big fan of him in general. Um, <clears throat> X-Pac. Mm, interesting. I think I had X-Pac in, in... Did I have X-Pac? No, I don't think I even picked X-Pac, so yeah, he's one of the few that I didn't pick. Um, yeah, good, good choice. I'm going to go now with, uh, hmm, I'm going to go with the other Hardy brother, I think, uh, Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. He uh, he only had the belt for a couple of weeks, uh, but like I said, he was involved in, in arguably the best uh, European Championship match with that ladder match. So, yeah, I think uh, to round off this top ten... I'm going to go with uh, Jeffrey Hardy. So, uh, before we start in getting to the fun bit, the vetoing, um, right. let's just run through this top ten. So, we've got Bradshaw, <laughs> the sacrificial <laughs> lamb. Midian is uh, Acolyte's sacrificial lamb teammate. Uh, Bulldog, Al Snow, Matt Hardy, Le Champion Chris Jericho, RVD, Hurricane, X-Pac and Jeff Harder. Um, yep, so back to you, Clav, to to get the first, uh, basically replacement, the first veto. So I, I'm not going to do it right now, but am I allowed to um, 
veto my own. You can do. Are <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you trying to get rid of Bradshaw already? <laughs> uh, yes, why not? Eh? <laughs> just That was pretty pointless putting him on, but uh, I've just got a wee list here, and it was the first name I saw. It's weird, because I remember thinking I was a big fan of the APA, uh, and they had a wee sort of, I can't remember when it was, but they were talking about Bradshaw being a former European champion. And I, I remember thinking to myself, I'd like to see him do well for himself on his own. Then what did we get a couple of years later? JBL. JBL. At the time, I was not happy with that, but retrospectively, I think it was quite a good run overall. Mm-hmm. He did what he was supposed to do. Right, so I'm going to get rid of Bradshaw and in his place, I will put in someone who, apart from this person that you mentioned at the start, whenever I think of the European Championship, I think of the person who is looking at the real deal now, Mr. D'Lo Brown. Yes. Another one who I don't think will get vetoed off. Uh, yeah, great pick. And he was another one who, who really took it seriously. I think, if I remember, he was a... Uh, every time he came out, he was billed from a, a different country. Uh, I remember him being billed once from Helsinki in Finland. <laughs> and, yeah, it, yeah, great pick. Uh, I think he's actually the record... Oh, the joint record holder with uh, Reigns. I think he was yeah, four-time yeah. champion. Interestingly, so, there aren't any with... Three reigns, you've got ones, twos, and, and fours. fours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I might be controversial with my next pick, but who am I getting rid of? Oh, I'm actually going to get rid of RVD uh, only, okay. because, only because he got rid of the title, and I think it's only fair that someone gets rid of him. <laughs> um, and I'm, I am going to be controversial with mine. I'm going to actually pick uh, Shawn Michaels. Ooh. And I've got a... This was really, really interesting to research. Uh, so, basically, he became the second ever European champion when he beat British Bulldog for the title uh, in a one-night only, I think it was, in, in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the backstage story was actually... was said to be that that he was going to lose the match to to Davy Boy and the fans would get sent home happy. Uh, and this would also let Davy Boy kind of dedicate the the win to his sister, uh, who was battling cancer at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, HBK being the, the politicking little twat that he is, uh, got into um, Vince McMahon's ear changed, and got him to change the finish. So uh, he came away with that towel uh, and build to build a bit of heat for a rematch, um, but that rematch never happened because uh, HBK went on to win the WF title uh, in the screw job, um, and Bulldog left when Brett left. Uh, oh, God, that's right. So we never got that rematch, and uh, and Shawn Michaels screwed uh, British Bulldog out of out of his title and also paying tribute to his uh, his dear sister. So yeah, I'm going to go with. In fact, I shouldn't even put him on for that, the tosser. I know, that's HBK. That's overshadowed by the Montreal stuff, but for him to, like, he's just not a fan of the the Hart dynasty, really, is he? Yeah, and (laughs) looking into this and then uh, looking into the Montreal screwjob, it's actually amazing how 
politically was backstage. He uh, There were many times where he would simply flat out refuse to lose a match or he'd change the match mid 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 match. So he yeah, he was a he was a bit of a, a bit of an arsehole backstage really. <laughs> um I feel as if it should be taken off the list for that. Well, that's on that's on you to decide now. Right, let's have a look. I've taken a note of the names. Um so being well being former Europeans, um I would like our champions to have a little bit of dignity and not parade about the place later on in life uh, stark naked. So Midian's coming off the list. <laughs> Shock. I know. And uh, see do I stick with my my plan of keeping wrestlers who are synonymous with the tit- like mid card titles? Because I want to say Kurt Angle because of the whole Euro Continental mm-hmm. run, and that was some really good fun. But I, it's also early in the the list. Do you know what? I like to give Kurt Angle some love as much as I can, so I'm going to add Kurt Angle to the list for just purely because of his Eurocontinental run in 2000. Yeah, great pick. And when he did drop the titles, it was it was literally because he was going straight into the world title scene. Yeah, uh, yeah he, he, he was a great uh, European champion. And he's billed as the first Eurocontinental, but that's not entirely true. I think D'Lo was actually the first one. Uh, oh, but he, right. kind of, he kind of made it a big thing. Uh, I think yeah, I think there's been four Eurocontinental champions altogether. There's uh, Jeff Jarrett was a, a Eurocontinental champion, and RVD was technically a Eurocontinental champion. That's true. Yeah. So after 14 picks, the list stands like this: D'Lo Brown, Kurt Angle, uh, British Bulldog, Al Snow, Matt Hardy, Chris Jericho. HBK, although I do not think he's going to make it to the end. Uh, Hurricane. X-Pac and Jeff Harder. So, going into pick number 15, who do I go with? <laughs> um, I'm going to go with someone else who who, who kind of like used the, the European scene as a stepping stone. I'm going to go with uh, Eddie Guerrero. Um, he had two runs with the European title. Um uh, one that lasted over 100 days, I think 111 days, where he he uh, faced Rikishi and S.A. Rios and his, uh, his Acolyte teammates, uh, and he ended up dropping that at, at fully loaded, and then he regained it again uh, not long after that at WrestleMania uh, when he beat Test. So I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Eddie Guerrero, but who do I replace? I'm going to take off X-Pac. Oh! Yeah. I did say I wouldn't be annoyed that much, but oh, come on, Jared, come on. <laughs> I should have really took HBK off, but I'm sure you'll do that next. Looking down that list, though, it's actually hard to think who who am I going to take off next. I know. I, I'm a big fan of... Back in the day, there were a few pay-per-views that Channel 4 had, mm-hmm. and Backlash 2000 was one of them, so I taped it. And so I watched that pay-per-view regularly and it had S.A. Rios versus Eddie Guerrero on it. Nice wee match. I th- I'm pretty sure Lita was still involved with mm-hmm. S.A. Rios then and China was with Eddie. Lovely wee match. So I've got no issues with him being on, but when you think of European title, Mr. Waltman's in there, but not anymore. Okay. 
I'm experiencing the politics firsthand now. It's quite sore, <laughs> stinging. You feel that like Nicola Sturgeon? <laughs> Don't go there, pal. <laughs> With less of a beard. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. That's not nice. Uh, right. In fact, see for that. For that jibe there, we're getting Sean Michaels off the list. I've lulled you in. Uh, yep. I'm trying to be nice because you've invited me onto your show, but then I remember back to all the times where you've just basically bullied your co-host. I've bullied him that he don't want to be on the show anymore. I know. <laughs> um, I should have practised my Welsh accent for tonight. <laughs> right. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Mark Henry. Mark Henry, I always remember him holding the European title. Didn't hold it for long. It was only 30-odd days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to stick with him. And he's a hard man to budge, so good luck getting him off the list. <laughs> and who are you? Oh, you've took HBK, haven't you? So yep. Mark Henry. And Mark Henry was another one who didn't actually win the title. Oh, what was that again? How did that happen again? Uh, he was sat. He was uh, siding with D'Lo, and the storyline was that D'Lo was helping him lose weight, and he didn't want to. And he was caught. He caught him eating burgers and chocolates and stuff like that. Um, and D'Lo was going in, into a title for title match against uh, Jeff Jarrett, um, and he screwed Jeff Jarrett. But he screwed D'Lo by hitting him with the the most flimsiest uh, guitar known to man. It, oh, yeah. it literally crumbled, and then the day after. Uh, Jarrett wasn't interested in the European title, so he just handed it to Mark Henry. My God. Yeah. More Jeff Jarrett controversy. It's not like him, is it? No. So, pick 17. (laughs) I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with uh, HBK's running mate. I'm going to go with Trips. Um, Another person who was technically given the title... uh, he was actually forced to to face Triple uh, uh, HBK for the title after the Montreal screw job, um, and by Commissioner Slaughter. Yes, that's right. Uh, and then they they did a basically um, a finger poke of doom kind of match. Uh, Michael's intention. He did it on purpose, didn't he? He certainly did. Um, but he actually lost the title in an in again in controversial fashion when a uh, gold dust. Uh, when he was in his uh, kind of the artist formerly known as Goldust uh, gimmick, he went to the ring dressed as Triple H, uh, and he ended up losing the title to Owen Hart. Um, and Commission Slaughter allowed it because he counted Goldust as as uh, as Triple H's substitute, um, and that was actually meant to lead up to a, a match at WrestleMania 40. But I think Owen Hart picked up a, an injury, so a couple of weeks later. Uh, they did a, a quick match and Owen, and Owen dropped the belt back to Triple H. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Triple H and I'm going to take off. I can't take it. How do I take any of these off? They're all synonymous with the title. Oh. I'm going to have to take one of my own picks off. I'm going to have to take off Hurricane. I don't want to, yeah. but... I mean, I do... Although it's your pick, I do agree with you. I think... Hurricane is a kind of wrestler who I don't picture as much with a title. I picture him more with the whole mm-hmm. the hurricane stuff, if that makes sense. 
Um, so yes, feel free to take get, get rid of your own. I've got no issues with that. <laughs> <laughs> so that I'll just do a quick rundown of of the the ones we've got now, just for the for the listeners. So the list so far is Delo Brown, Kurt Angle, British Bulldog, Al Snow, Matt Harder, Chris Jericho, Mark Henry, Triple H, Eddie Guerrero, and Jeff Harder. Right, it's time to bring out the big guns, I'm afraid. Who do you, who else, apart from British Bulldog and Dilo Brown, do you think of when you think about the, Univ- the European Championship? None other than NXT General Manager himself, the man's man, William Regal. Great pick. Uh, four reigns. Yep, joint record holder. I think yep. he's second on the actual combine list as well, uh-huh. with that 180 days. And when I was doing the research for, for all my picks, near enough every single one of them either won the title from or lost the title to William Regal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you think about it as well, his career before coming to America, he did a lot of German stuff, British stuff. He was prevalent in Europe itself, so... He is like a European championship, a European champion, in my opinion, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get rid of Jeff Hardy for this one. Oof. Purely because I associate Jeff's early days more with tag team runs. If we were doing a tag team champions draft, I would include the Hardys, but not so much Jeff with the European title. And according to... Nah. According to Wikipedia, he only held the title for 12 or 14 days. I think it was 14, yeah. Mm. Um, wow. And uh, actually, totted up, I think that was actually picked pick 17. Let me just work these out. So I am bad at maths. Two, four, six, seven. Yep. So we've, you've got uh, one pick left, and I've got two picks left. Okay. Um, I think I am going to go with. I'm going to go with Shane McMahon. Right. Just, just because I think you're going to end up taking him off and it's kind of like a, a, a final sacrificial lamb. Um, he won the title, obviously, from your boy X Pac, who you picked, uh, and he won it in a tag team match. Um, mm-hmm. No idea how. Just the uh, he uh, pinned X Pack and won the title. Uh, won the title. Uh, he actually defended against X Pack a couple of times uh, before he retired the belt and himself uh, as an unbeaten champion. Until obviously uh, Midian found that in his uh, in his sports bag backstage, and and the title got reactivated, um, <laughs> which makes all the sense in the world. That sounds um, like something that would happen, but with uh, Vince back in the day, definitely. And I'm gonna take off. I don't want to take any of these off, to be quite fair. Shall I take William off, though? Oh, come on. I'm not taking William off. I'm going to take off Chris Jericho. I think that one-day reign, uh, it's, it shouldn't be on this list. And he, he obviously went on to do bigger and better things, but this is kind of a footnote in his career. Yeah. We're being quite nice to each other tonight. <laughs> we'll see with the, with, uh, the last picks. So it was Shane that replaced Jericho, okay. It's Shane that replaced Jericho. And I'm going to keep the theme going of us being nice to each other. This might not be the best 
like podcast content for people who usually like the antagonistic atmosphere <laughs> of the show. I might give you that antagonism with my last pick. Yet you never know. You might uh, go out with a bang, but I'm going to I'm going to get rid of my own again and get rid of Cut Angle purely because I see him as main event star. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean his his career speaks for itself, really. But who do I replace him with? Oh, this is tough. See, I think part of the reason why we're not too annoyed with each other's vetoes is because there are really 10, 15 that you would consider synonymous with it. Mm-hmm. Another one I think synonymous with it is Mr. Val Venus himself. Another one who I didn't actually uh, research. Yeah, he won, them, won it at uh, an Armageddon pay-per-view. Yep. Triple threat match and had it for 58 days and lost it to none other than Kurt Angle. So Val Venus not only took the title from Kurt Angle, but he's replaced him on, on this ah, man, Rushmore. I think, uh, I think you've made it easy for me um, to, to pick who I want to get rid of now. Uh, but I just, I look at that list and I see Shane McMahon and I know I put him on and I think no McMahon should ever be on a Mount Rushmore. <laughs> oh. Even if it's uh, like Booker's or yeah, yeah, just people call McMahon. Maybe not uh, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna take Valvinus off. Oh my word! I don't think he was as synonymous as as you're making out. Um, and I'm gonna replace him with someone who. I think was was pretty synonymous. Uh, was actually looking at his career, he was actually quite successful in in his fairly short running WWE. I'm going to go with Spark Dudley. He was he was a successful individual, yes. He, I think he won tag titles and he won the uh, the lightweight title and obviously the European title. Um, and he was the first ever. WWE European champion because he was the champion when they did the crossover from the brand. Yeah. Get the um, F out thing. Yeah. And he actually beat William Regal for the title uh, by finding William Regal's brass knuckles hidden in the in the turnbuckle, uh, clocking him with the power of the punch and winning the title after I think about five seconds. Uh, and he actually ended up losing the title back to William Regal about four weeks later, but he beat Regal twice during that that gap, so yeah, I think um, Spark Dudley is going to be the the last pick on this uh on this Mount Rushmore, and I think he fairly deserved to to knock off Valerinus there. Well, I don't know when you when you word it like that. I'm not entirely in agreement, but I'll accept it grudgingly because uh, <laughs> there's not really much you can do about it. No, there's not. <laughs> uh, but I was a big fan of Spike Dudley. He made his presence felt very much in his time in WWF and E. So, yep, fine with that. Yep. So the the definitive top ten of European champions, as collated by me and Claria. Oh, D'Lo Brown, I agree. Spark Dudley, yes. Bulldog had to stay on. Uh, Al Snow, Matt Harder, Shane McMahon, hmm, I should have replaced him. Uh, Mark Henry, Triple H, Eddie Guerrero, and obviously William Regal. I, I think, think that, 
that's solid. That's a like you yeah. said, there's, there's about fifteen or so people who you would say are synonymous with that title, and at least nine out of them are on that list. Yeah, the there's a couple of them that obviously your Triple H's and Matt Hardy went on to do much greater things, but you do you do think about Triple H and the European title back in the day. That's the sort of first memories sort of of what he was doing. Yeah, and it kind of shows Triple H as well how he climbed the ladder like, in WWE. You get a lot of wrestlers who are instantly pushed to like the bigger uh, kind of levels, but he's he worked from the bottom and worked his way all the way up the company. He did. Through, through hard work and grit and determination, nothing to do with nepotism at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. Nothing at all to do with that. Um it's your boy Rez, aka Ray Cash from the Outsiders Edge. I'm here with my brother Kyle, and we just want to shout out the Badlands Podcast. Check it out. The Mount Rushmore of Podcasting. You have Darren, Mags, you have Paul Tolly. Check them out. Chair Shot Radio Network. Come out every week. Give them a listen. Check them out. They're a great show, y'all. If you haven't heard them before, it's a lot of fun. It's an awesome show. We're big fans here at the Edge. And check out all the other shows here at The Chair Shot where you can always use your head. And if you don't like that, we don't give a fuck. Thanks for listening. Right, Clav, what I need from you now, um, normally you would uh, you would have two options for a topic for a future guest, but seeing as Paul's not here to offer a, an option up, I'd like you to, to come up with a, a topic for a future guest. Okay, I, I do have two that I've got for you. Uh, one well, of them is... You can pick both then. No, well, the first one is for when Paul returns or when one of Paul's detractors comes on. Um, a Mount Rushmore of the worst things that Paul has ever eaten. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so you can have a bit of fun with that whenever the, the time allows. And I know that you record in advance, so I was thinking that this might come out May, June, roughly? Um, it's probably going to be early May, yeah. So my pick for Mount Rushmore, for when it's released as... Now, you, you can sort of narrow this down if you want. I was going to go with pay-per-views after WrestleMania or um, programmes after WrestleMania. For instance, the programmes that I'm thinking of are Jericho Benoit for 2000, um... Roman Reigns and AJ Styles in 2016, or would you? What would you think would be more fun to do that, or the pay-per-views? I'm gonna put both of them down: post-mania storylines and post-mania pay-per-views, because I always remember Backlash being a, like a a big pay-per-view after like WrestleMania, like, and then uh-huh. the the start of the new storylines. And I think I've mentioned it before about how this had one of the the best stage designs with those swinging uh, hooks. So yeah, uh, you've literally given me three picks there. So that's there a, that's three guests. Uh, definitely gonna be uh, having to do a bit of research there. I'm looking forward to hear what the Mount Rushmore of Paul's worst meals are. <laughs> oh, that guy eats some absolute trap. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for for being a guest, Clabber. Let the let the Badlands listeners know where they can they can get hold of you and your hopefully soon to be returning uh, podcast. Hopefully, yeah. We are currently in hiatus with the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. 
Um, but in the meantime, I mean, by the time this is released, things might have changed. But in the meantime, I am still at Ricky and Clive on Twitter. And I also do the the brand extension columns on Lords of Pain. So if you want to check out some stuff there, I'm finally writing stuff out with the, the 205 Live universe. And I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed spreading my wings with that. So check out the brand extension columns on there as well. Definitely do. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DJ Kirby. Follow uh, Paul if you really want to, you know, no pressure, uh, at Rain Counter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Poor Paul. Um, he's, not, he's not even here to defend himself. That, that makes it even more fun. He um, doesn't defend himself with his own either, though. No, he just flusters. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, who had the... The best picks for the European champions. Who who would make your Mount Rushmore of European champions? And whilst you're there, who would make your Mount Rushmore of the greatest wrestlers of all time? Um, yeah, come and uh, come and give us your picks. But remember, one uh, when you're making those choices, we only have one rule, and that is to always use your head. Chairshot.com. Always use your head.